0: Hello friends and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town Podcast. There is so much to discuss today, all the fallout from the Charlton, the limp, the turgid, the febrile, lost to Charlton on Tuesday night. Um, but we have to start, I guess, with the sexy stuff, which is always who's coming in, who's going to be next. Andy's just zipping his top up there, if you're hearing that on the audio. He's dipping his top up ready to get right into this, Hutchie. It's just me and Hutchie today, Mark Heath, Andy Warren. Ipswich Town's new manager. There's so many names being thrown around, Hutchie. Let's start with this today, shall we? I'm going to throw a few at you and you bat them back. Do what you want with them. I'm going to start, first of all, with Neil Lennon. According to the Daily Record, on the shortlist at Ipswich Town, sounding out his old mate, Paul Lambert, about the job,
1: excited to work with the new owners. Your thoughts on this, my friend? Uh, firstly I'll apologize for the zip um I had too too much of my wispy little chest hair was poking up over the top of the the microphone and nobody needed to see that. Um Neil Neil Lennon um Paul Lambert used to talk about playing for big clubs didn't he Neil Lennon has managed big clubs um so he's obviously managed Celtic for for two spells load of trophies um doesn't feel like a natural fit for the Ipswich job um but there's plenty of logic behind why he would potentially fit um he, he has been in english football before at bolton didn't go so well for him there um not surprised he's interested but for me it doesn't feel like the kind of appointment they're going to make i would also question what what the point is of sounding out paul lambert about mm. the about the ipswich job for him other than what the area is like because um the club the club bears no resemblance to the one that Paul Lambert was sacked from in February. So I'm not in apart unless he wanted to know what Luke Wolfenden's like or um <laughs> yeah. or whether Miles Kenlock should be brought back into the squad come come January. Um there's not really much relevance in talking to Paul Lambert at the moment. Paul lives, still lives down here, lives locally, so he could potentially be talking about could I come and stay with you for a bit? If uh, if I do get it to get started, but it, I don't know. I, I, as much as you have to respect what he's achieved at, at Celtic and how big an atmosphere that is there, and how much pressure comes with it, clearly, he, clearly he's been able to handle that and be successful. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel right, like one that they would um, hmm. poten- potentially be looking to to do anything serious with. Okay, Hutch's view
0: on Neil Lynn. Let us know what you think. Next one up is the one that everyone's getting excited about. Mick Mills was talking about Frank Lampard after the game. Um, apparently, I'm, I'm told on Tuesday, saying what a perfect fit he'd be for town, what a perfect fit town would be for him. Football Insider reported that town have sounded Lampard out already. Um, I will say at this point, usual disclaimer with these rumours, um, there's obviously going to be a lot of them, and you always have to consider the source and, and what they're kind of end goal is and with with sites like football insider and football league world and others like that they are entirely built around page views so they need to grab traffic and thus it's not necessarily a surprise to see them pulling out the big names and linking them and doing stories about them so just consider that friends when you when you look at these stories um so take it with a pinch of salt i'm saying Um, but frank lampard he's in he's in the betting therefore it's valid for us to talk about it Hutchie. She's already told me it's utter nonsense. Frank Lampard is not going to come to town. What do you think about Lampard? We've had this chat before when he was linked with the Norwich job. I mm-hmm. think your words to me, after that didn't work out, you said to me, I don't know what sort of job he thinks he's going to get.
1: Yeah. Um, so, what do you make of Lampard and, and Ipswich Town? Yeah, from first off, off the bat, I think the kind of available evidence is that it's really unlikely, isn't it? I've just noticed what you're wearing, by the way, you've got your, uh, you've got your Paul Lambert policeman, uh, honey badger hoodie. on. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen that for a long time. I thought um, it would work today. It seemed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. He's obviously, t- he's turned down Ipswich as a championship club, but he's managed Derby as a very big spending championship club. And he's managed Chelsea, his club in the champions league before then turning down Norwich in the premier league. So, all of that evidence added together doesn't point to someone that's that's up for sort of eleventh in eleventh in League One. But I, I don't know what Mick Mills said on the radio after the game on Tuesday. But I, I had a fairly lengthy chat with Mick before before the game, and, and, we, and we did talk about Frank Lampard, and um, I agreed with an awful lot of what he said, in, and, and, and it does link back to, to what I maybe said previously about not knowing where. He needs to go, but because Frank Lampard's undoubtedly at a real crossroads in his managerial career in that you, you don't know what he's looking for. He, he Yes, he has managed Chelsea, but not to the extent that he's going to be getting another club of their magnitude. Mm. Is he going to want to go to, and I don't know if you make use this example on the radio, but the, the example Mick Mills uses, is is he going to want to take the Southampton job, for example, because what, what, what is there to do at, at Southampton? Currently, Frank Lampard has, has nothing on his football CV other than having managed the two clubs that he's managed. Say he takes the Southampton job, if that was available, the upper ceiling of that isn't to go and win the Champions League or winning cup, cups and mm. trophies. And he'll just be judged against other Southampton managers. Is that going to get him where he wants to go? Maybe not. Championship is a really difficult one. Um, he's obviously had a go with Derby, a lot of money, didn't get it done. So is, I think, mixed logic is 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 Ipswich a place to go to kickstart your your managerial career? You you will be backed, obviously. The there's the, the ownership here has changed. It's not Marcus Evans who is who he was rejected previously. Could you could you go to Ipswich and get what? for want of a better expression you could kind of describe as a cheap promotion on your on your cv and then just serve a bit of a reminder to people that actually um obviously that promotion is easier said than done we have seen paul lambert and then we've seen paul cook try and get it and fail Mm. um not that paul had paul cook had a full season to try and do that but if if Frank Lampard could come to Ipswich, maybe not this season, given the state that it's in, and get a promotion, kickstart his career, get a promotion on his CV, does that change with the view of Frank Lampard? Because I don't know. How do you see Frank Lampard right now? Well how do you when you look it, at him, it, what do you see? I see a legendary player yeah. who
0: hasn't really done a lot in management. And you yeah. could argue that has got those jobs because of his legendary playing career. Um I mean he did all right at Derby. He would never have been Chelsea manager was he not called Frank Lampard. Um, but, he, you know, everyone you speak to about Frank, he's a very intelligent young man, isn't he? Obviously, loves the game, knows a lot about the game. And importantly, I think, for, for a job like Ipswich Town and the situation they're in at the moment, he immediately would command respect because of what he's done in the game. He's not walking into a dressing room where people are going to be going, what do you know, mate? You know, the old Paul Hurst effect. Frank Lampard walks into a dressing room and tells you he wants this from you in League One. Who are you to argue? <laughs> this is exactly. Frank Lampard. And that's part of, I think, what you need. At Ipswich Town, straight away, you need someone to be able to walk in that dressing room and command respect, um, and and kind of rally the players around a kind of a someone, you know, this kind of leading figure in the dressing room. And I think he would have that straight away. Whether or not he's actually a good manager, I don't know. But I think there are certain elements of this job that would appeal to him. Yeah. I mean, clearly, it's it's yes, Ipswich Town are in League One, but they're not really a League One club. And it's not really a League One setup. And in terms of the way Ipswich Town are regarded in the football pyramid, they're not, you know, they're not like a League One. Ipswich Town are still a big, appealing football club. So it's not like you would be going to manage Cheltenham in League One. It's Ipswich Town. And as you say, in in theory, everything is here that a good young, or any manager, a good manager would come in. We've got the money. We've got the squad. This is ready-made to go on a, you know, the old Lambert. When it turns, it will turn, that kind of thing, to go on a, an excellent journey upwards through the leagues, like you say, potentially a cheap promotion in League One, get into the Championship, then be competitive there with owners who are really passionate about being successful and want to get into the Premier League. And eventually, whoever comes in could feasibly be the man that turns Ipswich Town around and takes them back to the land of milk and honey, the Premier League, in three, four, five years, whatever. That's that's the, the perfect end goal, isn't it? Yeah. So if, if you know, I can see that being appealing to someone like yeah Brad Rampard.
1: It should be. Yeah, I, I would hope I would hope it is. Um, but you do you do have to wonder what it's a difficult one for him. I can see because you've managed Chelsea in the Champions League. It's it, it's a you... risk. It's a risk
0: because if he comes here and it doesn't work out and he goes the way of Paul Cook, then where mm. do you go? You've just been kicked out of a League One club with loads of money and didn't get it done, adding yeah. to your list of managerial failures. Where do you go from there? So it's definitely a risk, but equally, I can see there being an appeal. Yeah, I clients. can. I
1: I can too. Um, I th- I think it should interest him. Whether it does or not, I I don't know. Um, and I would think I would I would also hope that Ipswich are, that what was the expression, sounding out. I think that that report said whether whether yeah. they're happy with that report or not. Again, I don't know. Um, but I would hope they are sounding him out because. Mark Mark Ashton is conducting, in his own words, an extensive manager search. So hmm. you can he can get to Frank Lampard. Of course he can. Um, he's had that. Mark's had ambitious kind of manager targets before at Bristol City. Um, and I'd, I'd hope he's I hope he's at least having those conversations. Where, whether they turn into kind of a mutual mutual interest for anything to happen, I don't know. But from both parties, I think that there's absolutely enough there to to have serious conversations about it. We'll see. Shall,
0: shall we put Lampard in the bin kind of mark more, more realistic slash enticing than Neil Lennon at this stage then, Hutchie?
1: I would say so, yeah. On both from both yeah, from both sides, probably. Um, okay.
0: Fine. So clearly at the moment there's a lot of rumours out there. Not entirely clear who's who's applied for what. We do know, however, the next person has definitely put his hat into the ring because he's talked about it. A hero of its switch town, famous for his swan's eye, Shifky Coochie, Hutchie. We know he's in the mix because he told us your thoughts on yep. this
1: one. Shefke's been, <clears throat> Shefke's been looking for his first job in English football for, for several years now. Um, previously applied for the town job in 2018 when Mick McCarthy left, uh, before Paul Hurst came, he, he, full full disclosure, I met I met Shefke around that time in a, in a, where were we? Some hotel somewhere fairly, fairly locally to here. And, um, he gave me the full kind of spiel of what he would present to Marcus Evans. And and it was impressive. It was, it was impressive. Um, The level of detail that he'd gone to, he had a, he had a, an interesting coaching team lined up at that point. There were, there were, uh, there was one coach, I think his name was Jonathan Hill, who uh, um, had previously been high up in Manchester United's Academy, was a highly regarded coach at Fulham at the time that he was part of his coaching setup. whether that's still the case, I I don't know. I've not, not spoken to him this time around. There was a sort of a fitness guy who had worked with um with the late Kobe Bryant for a long, long time in kind of strength and conditioning wise. Um Finnish guy, I believe, um, was also ready to come. Um and I, I was impressed. I was impressed with uh, with what Shefki had to say because anybody that saw him play would have seen a sort of a chaotic footballer um who Matt, who got the job done despite appearances, um, this is a very much a case of substance over style with him, and you, you never know. i have not met him previously, you don't know what to expect from people, but actually, he's a very intelligent, very, very intense, thoughtful man who had got a real good, good plan together. Um, sadly, though, since then, he, he's been linked with like League One and League Two jobs, but has. Has got nothing in that time. Um, he's not managed in that period. He previously managed in Finland, so for that for that reason, I'd, I'd be very surprised if uh, if that was one that was seriously entertained by Ipswich at this point. Link, links or not um, mm-hmm. to the, to the club previously, but as a manager, he's I would <clears throat> say he's re- he's got something to offer somebody somewhere at some point, and I'd love to see him get a chance to do that. Uh, I just don't think right now. That's what that's what Mark Ashton will be looking for. Yeah, it's not happening at town now,
0: is it? You can see that being one for further down the line if he goes away and gets some experience somewhere else, maybe, and then has success and then comes into its switch town as the former town hero, a bit further down the line, perhaps. Um I'm sure that would be a popular appointment. But he needs to get success first of all on his managerial C V before he comes somewhere like town, I think. Um, should we talk about the betting odds, Hutchie? Because they Yep. They're strange, aren't they? Um, yeah. <laughs> up and down and all over the shop. At the moment, as it stands, Neil Harris is the favourite, with Mark Bircham second favourite. And we know Mr. Bircham was apparently at Charlton on Tuesday. Making a bit of noise about it on Twitter, which I'm not sure is the activity of someone who is actually seriously in with a shout of getting the job. I'm not sure that's how you conduct mm-hmm. yourself. Um, what are your thoughts on on the betting odds and and Harris and Bircham and the like?
1: Um The betting odds are a funny one because at at the best of times it's a volatile sort of market um where not an awful lot of particularly on a market like ipswich town not an awful lot of money is required to change those odds quite Mm. spectacularly um but on this occasion it's even more so because very few bookies are, are um they're actually running anything on it. And uh, I I thought it was only bet Victor um, had any kind of odds whatsoever. You've told me this morning that William Hill have got involved as well, but don't take too much notice of the betting odds. I I wouldn't say, but saying that, I think the current favourite on there is Neil Harris. And I I would say that is a credible, if not, if not kind of thrilling and enticing, it's certainly a credible, credible option. He's got a, a promotion from league one on his. His CV with Millwall, he turned them, as we know, into a um, into a pretty solid, really quite solid championship team that punched above their weight until he until he left that job, um, went to Cardiff, took them to the playoffs in his first season, lost in the semis. Um, has obviously done it in the championship as well, so I, I think he's one to one to certainly have in the very in the credible. The credible option um, there. He's he's a good manager. He's got links to this area, I believe. Family, family ties to Woodbridge, so he will certainly have an interest in it. Was very interested when Paul Cook took it. Um, so from his point of view, yes, I'm sure he's as he's currently out of work. This job would be very inviting for him. Certainly, he's currently the favourite um, with both Bet Victor and William Hill four to five on.
0: With William Hill, which is interesting. So the odds really quite short there. I have to say, if it is Neil Harris and we don't know clearly, I'd be thoroughly underwhelmed. Touchy, is that unfair of me?
1: Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Um, you go from Frank Lamp. We've talked about Frank Lampard to to Neil Harris. Is it doesn't bring with it the same. Prestige does it in any way, shape, or form. But but Neil Harris does bring that League One championship yeah. experience that, that people that is like. Yeah. yeah, that people Yeah. That ultimately, ultimately you want a manager that's got the substance, haven't you, that's gonna that's gonna deliver. And I I got kind of lamp lampard aside, um there are no kind of thrilling candidates really at, at all. This isn't a glamour a glamour stakes but maybe that's not what it needs it, mm-hmm. i don't know it it, it needs a, it needs a solid pair of hands that's going to get this team playing properly um so i think neil harris could do that but I, I do accept that he wouldn't be uh he wouldn't be one that would set the pulses racing he'd have to prove it um from the off wouldn't he whereas someone like yeah frank might um might at least would generate that buzz to kind of ride off at the start
0: it's a terrible example, and how it turned out. But obviously, that you you compare the Lampard to Roy King, wouldn't you? When when Roy yeah. King was appointed, um, remember how exciting that was. You know, literally a football icon coming into the club to be manager. He was going to shake it up. We were we were headed upwards. Clearly, it, it it never really worked out. But you'd have that kind of Lampard effect, wouldn't you? Whereas with Harris, as you say, it would be like a it would be the, the Alan, yeah. Partridge, Alan Partridge gift, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, you you'd, you'd have to twist some arms to kind of. Re- like obviously, the nat- the natural thing is you want to get behind whoever takes the Ipswich Town job, mm. and and people will get behind them. Of course, they will. We would get behind them, of course. Um, mm. but it would be that little bit harder to do than Frank Lampard's Ipswich Town, wouldn't it? Um, Which is what but- it would be as well, isn't it? Yeah, it would. It would. I'm not. I'm not hugely fond of that. It's um it's Wayne Rooney's help- Derby County. That's- yeah, it's not hugely helpful, is it? But um, but. But yeah, I would. I would definitely, if we're if we're putting people in categories right now, I'd certainly put Neil Harris in the credible, um, the credible candidacy there because he's a he's a manager that's that's got some experience.
0: And as you say, maybe I'm being
1: unfair. Um, I think. And I, no, I don't think so. I don't think. I, I think that's just a natural reaction. I, 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 but I, as you but say, that, he's,
0: but... he's got success, though, hasn't he? He's yeah. actually got success, which is something that people like Lampard haven't really got. Yeah, and so maybe it is unfair of me just to go. Well, Neil Harris, it's not very sexy, is it? But everyone who listens to this knows I'm essentially a magpie, and I'm attracted to sexy, shiny things, um, <laughs> and a bit and a bit shallow. So there you go. Um, Hutchie, we have talked about some names there, and we talked obviously on on um, Monday's pod about who you'd like to see, and and we talked about Liam Manning and and Stewie through Anthony Barry and people like that into the mix, and we talked about Neil Warnock. How where, where do you sit at the moment with the type of manager? That town need. clearly when you say Liam Manning, you've gone young and hungry there, kind of someone who's got a lot of new ideas and you know that kind of stuff, and has done a lot of um stuff that's that's kind of new and exciting. After seeing what you saw on, on Tuesday, and we'll come on to that in a minute, and the, the kind of clearly the players are in all over the shop at the moment, aren't there? Some quotes from Edmondson after the game saying, I uh, you know, you have to wonder what's going on with the manager situation. Clearly, the players are in shock still, that, that Cook has been sacked. Has that changed anything about the way you think the sort of manager that Town need now? I.e. do they need, and you alluded to it slightly earlier, do they need someone to come in for the rest of the season and and stick a few rockets up backsides, a la Neil Warnock? Or do you still think this, this is a job that someone like Liam Manning could come into um, and do well? Has, it, has anything changed
1: i can see i can see the logic in the 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 first there in kind of the rockets but for me for me um for me i would i, I wouldn't want to delay in in starting what you see as being what's next if that makes yeah. sense um if if mark ashton's sitting there thinking actually we want a we want a young technical forward thinking kind of innovative coach head coach to come in and and start to kind of build I don't see at this point I, I, I don't see the need to delay that if you can get the person that you want right now I would still be going for that and, and just get started with what you want it to be next and you know what if the players as individuals aren't buying that then they're probably not for you anyway because mm-hmm. it, say say you brought just as example sake you brought in Neil Warnock now just to I can completely see that Neil Warnock may well come in, really get his hands dirty and um, set those rockets up, up people and force a reaction. I can see that that would happen, but Neil Warnock in his early seventies, isn't your long-term play, (laughs) isn't your long-term play here. Mm. So for me, you're going to have to make that decision down the line anyway. You're still going to, just let's use Liam Manning as the example. Say you think you could get Liam Manning in the summer, um, then you're going to have to make that change anyway. Then there's the difference. If you don't think you can get Liam Manning until the summer, this Mm. is is just an example, and you really, really think he's your man, um, then I could see that the short-term approach may be something that you go for Mm. um, with a view to then getting the man you really want in the summer, but I'd be surprised if that's if that's the way it, it turned out. I for me, go and appoint the type of manager that you want right now and don't delay um them getting getting started because um we've had enough delays and false dawns here haven't we? Let's let's just be clear with what we're doing and um and get started. That's where I'd be on it. It's interesting in the the poll that you put
0: up with the original piece you did on Saturday night about potential candidates. Neil Warnock is still leading that in terms of voting. yeah. So why do you think that is? People, is that do you think that's very much a kind of oh he'll come in, he'll, he'll slap you know not some heads together and we might still have a chance of promotion this season? Is that is that yeah. the thinking
1: there? I guess so. I like, yeah. I guess that's probably. I'm sure. I'm sure people voting in in that poll haven't thought that yeah Neil Warnock is the the big future for Ipswich Town he's going to lead us to the Premier League but in terms of short-term fix there's always an intrigue factor about Neil Warnock just like just just to see what he would be like managing your club leading your club Um, so I guess that's maybe where that that's come from and maybe the also that actually a realisation that Ipswich are mid-table in League One and that mm. some of the other candidates aren't particularly exciting, like Neil Harris, for example. I don't know the percentage of voting that he got in that, but um I can't imagine it's hugely high. Um And there are a number of characters in that sort of piece, that original piece, I think there are 18 in there that, that a lot of them aren't, they're not going to get you your pulse is racing because they're league one football managers. Maybe Neil Warnock was just that seems ridiculous to say about a 73 year old or whatever he is, but maybe he's just got, maybe he's just got that X factor. I watched, I watched a 50 minute uh, documentary about Neil Warnock last night on YouTube, just called Warnock. Yeah. Just while I was tidying the kitchen, I had it on. Have you ever seen it? I haven't, no. Um, um. Yes, it was really good. It was really good. Quite clearly <coughs> produced produced at the request of Neil Warnock. Um, it was very much a look at let's let's see how good I let's show everyone how great I am. Um, pieces from the from like 2004 kind of time. There are some very funny, some very funny moments in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I recommend watching it. There's there's one moment where at the very beginning he talks about this is a massive tangent. Are you okay if I'm if I keep going? Of course, with this? yeah. So there's one moment. There's one moment at the very beginning where he he talks about kind of his dressing room superstitions and his rituals, which by the sounds of things he's got quite a lot of them. And one of those things is that he. um he he lets the team go out onto the pitch or sends all of his coaches out at the start of the game as well, but then hangs the complete opposite to Paul Cook, who goes out first. Neil Warnock then stays in the dressing room to have a couple of minutes to himself. Um, and, and he lists the things that he does in there. And he just says, have a little think, have a bit of a rest. Think about my family, then pop to the toilet and then just goes, <laughs> I don't do anything onto Ward. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing on Ward in there, <laughs> and, then, oh, and then and then he just goes out again. He's um yeah he's a he's a fascinating guy. Um, Super. I'd I'd recommend that if you, if you've got Neil Warnock on the brain, just type in Warnock documentary into YouTube. It's quite funny. We should also stress because there will be people going. Andy's Andy's watching documentaries about Neil Warnock.
0: Uh, he must know something. Um, no, it's not it's not Hutchie seeking a, an insight into the next Ipswich Town manager. It's just. Because that's what sort of thing you like watching. It, fair
1: enough. Uh, I I also um it, it was discussed quite heavily on a another football podcast I listened to, which I'm sure lots of people listen to that also listen to us the Quickly Kevin podcast. They uh they watched it and talked about it recently, which I listened to on the way home from Charlton on uh, on Tuesday night. Um so yeah I've had a lot of Neil Warnock but it's not in any relation to the Ipswich job whatsoever. I just I just find him fascinating. Do
0: you know how I see Neil Warnock, if, if it does come to pass that he comes in, how his reign would be at Ipswich Town? Do you remember the advert where the, uh, the grown man goes around slapping people in his garden? Yep. It was, uh, some. I can't even remember what it was for now. But that's that's how I see Neil Warnock's approach to the town job, <laughs> just wandering around, <laughs> giving, giving backhanders to people. Um, we shall see. Watch this space. And obviously, we'll, we'll continue to report um, rumours, etc., cetera, um, that we think are credible um, and hopefully bring you the latest on the manager search. On that note, before we move on to Charlton, Hutchie, you got a chance to sit down with Mark Ashton on Monday. We couldn't really talk about it on Monday. We knew it was going to happen. Um, What was your main takeaway from that?
1: How was he? Um, Tell us a little bit about it. Um, Busy. Yeah. Uh, A hive of of activity up at the training ground on Monday. But my big takeaway from it was quite clearly how this genuinely is a manager search um and i i i genuinely think um there's some sifting some sorting some interviewing to be done it's not a uh, not a case of uh, clearly now it's thursday paul cook was sacked on saturday um that's come it's come to pass in those days since that clearly it is a manager search there's not someone lined up it's not a quick mm. transition um which in modern football obviously you see that an awful lot that um one manager's gone and the other one's in within 48 hours. This is a real, real manager search. They are taking CVs. They are talking to people. He says he's going to meet a lot of people in person to discuss this, to see the whites of their eyes and kind of get a real feel for them, which is obviously a very sensible way to do it. Um, But yeah, that was the big thing for me on Monday that I, part, part of me did wonder whether, whether there would be someone unveiled really quite quickly. Um, there hasn't been, and I don't think there will be. So, looking more and more like John McGreal is quite clearly going to be taking the team to Wigan at the, at the weekend. So uh, it's going to be into next week. I'd have thought before a new manager, before a new manager appears, at the earliest. Yeah, at the earliest. Yes. I, yeah. Uh, it's not. I wouldn't say it's set in stone that there's going to be a new man for the Sunderland game. I, I, I would hope that they're getting close to something by then. Hmm. Um. But I wouldn't say that's a given at this point. They're gonna they're gonna get this one they're gonna get this one right, I think, in their in their mind. They're gonna um they're gonna take their time, have time to breathe, is what Mark yeah. Mark's expression was. So we can take time to breathe on this and then um and then look to a point the man they think is the, the right one to to lead the club forward. Okay. Um that's the perfect segue then in terms of McGreel. To talk about what
0: happened on Tuesday night, Hutchie. The start of the John McGrill era did not go well. Um, no. Fairly inauspicious start. I think it's that would be kind to say. Where do you want to start with this, Hutchie? Because there's clearly one major thing we have to talk about, which is the ugly scenes
1: after the game. Do you want to start with that? Yeah, yeah, let's start. Let's start there, because that kind of feeds back into everything that we saw during yeah. the game, doesn't it? That that wasn't good. That felt that felt quite dark, quite um Quite depressing, um, if I'm completely honest. Um, I'm sure everyone's kind of seen the videos by this point, or at least read about what's what's happened. So I don't think we need to go into huge detail about about that, other than to just say that it's just not good, is it? It's um, a, a really bad sign, one that you don't want to associate with Ipswich Town. But is um, yeah. Not not great at all. I don't really know what else to say about it, to be honest. It just makes me it just makes me sad, Hutchie, that we've mm. you know, what is it thirty? I think it's thirty seven days
0: now sitting here today, since Town beat Wickham four one away, uh, and everything seemed hunky dory. And now we're sitting here talking about fans and players having confrontations after games. And in, in terms of the clearly, everyone now has a video camera on their phone, so it's everywhere. You know, you see a lot of the national papers reporting horrible scenes connected to its switch town yeah that's just not good and it adds to the atmosphere around it i will say that i understand the emotion of the fans you know especially this close to christmas you know a trip to Charlton must you probably not gonna get much change out of 100 quid are you um no in terms of a day out there so i can understand the emotion um, I will say that anyone, a fan who steps onto the pitch and pushes a player, absolutely no, no place mm. for that whatsoever. And I, Christian Walton showed tremendous restraint because if, if yeah. someone comes up to me and pushes me, that's not how I'm going to react. So, he, you know, he actually kind of steps back, doesn't he, as opposed to lumping the fella, which would have mm. made things even worse. Um, but clearly,
1: you know, horrible, horrible things to see anyway. And we don't want to see that going forward. Yeah, I think a lengthy football ban is probably incoming in and fully deserved for that, for that individual in particular. Mm the one mm. the one that went on the pitch that was um yeah that was that was awful mm. and that i'm not very- i not representative of of the Ipswich town fan base in any way whatsoever the thousands of all 3000 fans there would have felt thoroughly miserable about what yeah. they'd just seen on the pitch but um quite honestly you- you're a, a moron if that if your reaction to that is to go on the pitch and do that, and that, that is not representative of the thousands of supporters that that spend a lot of time and money traveling to give the team the best away support in the division and and up there with anything in the country. Mm. Um, given how they much do, which they do, yeah. Which they do tremendously, don't they? And as you said, yeah. that the guy went off the
0: pitch will hopefully feel the full force of. Any sort of ban that can be handed to him. Toto has obviously come out and, and said sorry yesterday, which is which is only right. Um, so let's should we talk about why there was so much anger? Which is the game yeah. itself, and yeah. moving on from that, people in, just... in the game day video, which Ross did afterwards, which is definitely worth a watch, by the way, especially if you want to watch a man almost spontaneously combust. Tom Bluefield, uh, I mean you, um, <laughs> which I admire again. Passion is fantastic. Uh, if it's if it's channeled in the right way. Um he said it was the worst display of the season. And a lot of people have said that. Completely pathetic, an absolute disgrace. Um and you were handing out threes in your in your player ratings, Hutchie. Only Christian Walton emerged with any credit from the game. Give us your thoughts.
1: Yeah, that was that was the print version of the player ratings, mate. They uh... Between the time I send them to you, full disclosure, they have to have to hit quite a tight deadline with those. That there, there yeah. might have been well, another one dropped a little bit further than that. I'll be honest, really, and a bit more time to think. We'll get onto that in a minute. But um, whether this was the worst display of the season or not, I don't know. But if you if you put uh, if if you put it up against the the backdrop of what you really wanted to see from the team in this game, it was really poor. Like. You wanted to see fire in the bellies. You wanted to re- to see it the very a reaction. Um, fair enough. You, you've John McGreal's had an hour with them on the training pitch. You might not expect to see a well-oiled, polished machine that's out there perfectly swatting Charlton aside. But what the very least you want to see is a team that realise and accept that they've not been good enough for their previous manager, which has resulted in him losing their job, um, and then coming. Out onto the pitch and giving everything they have to show that they are better footballers than they've been showing mm. recently, but um, they didn't do that. Um, and like you say, Christian Walton is the only the only one that comes out of that game with any kind of credit whatsoever, um, because he stopped that being four or five nil. So, um, thoroughly, thoroughly depressing to watch. Um, just the lack of the lack of anything really, the lack of reaction, the lack of substance, the lack of drive, the lack the lack of a desire to prove people wrong. Um, on the night where you want to see it, they 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 lacked it in in any capacity whatsoever. It was very, very disappointing. Should we
0: talk a bit about the team? Obviously the mm-hmm. real's first um if <laughs> town team in, in interim charge. Fed say it didn't change a lot. Um I, I was pleased to see KVY and Danashian at the full-back spots. That would seem to be a, a fairly obvious change. And we know he's a big fan of KVY. What did you make of the rest of the team? The 4-2-3-1 sticking with that, that kind of thing? Yeah, no,
1: like I said on Monday, I wasn't expecting the wheel to be reinvented because John has used those systems previously. The players have been trained rigidly in it for months. So to, to, to suddenly go away from that system in its entirety... Um, on the back of an hour on the training pitch might not have been hugely, hugely sensible. The tweaks were there, like you say, Vincent Young at right back surprised me a little out of the two because John, John McGreal has had, had success with Kane um, as the left back. Um, and Janoy, Janoy struggled at left back positionally a little bit. I think he, uh, he caught himself very narrow at times. And um, I think it was him that was playing on side for the, the first goal. Um I would have had them the other way round. I'd be interested to see if there's a switch for for Wigan this weekend with them. But I thought Kane did did okay out of out of um the rest. Um he had some moments getting forward Genoi not so much from the left flank. I would be swapping them back, I think. Um but away from that, it was it was decide in many ways I like, I expected really good to see Edmondson back in in, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and he's one that had, what a better performance than some of the others. Um, but yeah, the, the the attacking three just what didn't really function. Like at times, I, I at times I looked at it and thought that Scott Fraser was kind of tucking in a bit more into more of a four three three. But it's those differences between that and a 4-2-3-1 are so subtle they're not even worth. Mm worth discussing. Um but they just didn't the midfield just had nothing against the, the, the busy physical um energised Charlton midfield. The Ipswich one is the root of the the root of the problem in this game and um yeah they just never got never got going. Bond didn't have a sniff up front, got caught offside whenever he did try to get a sniff of anything. Um just didn't function. And after a 20 minute period where they, they looked okay at the start, they came out, got on the ball. Fraser got on the ball quite a lot in the first 20 minutes. And I thought, you know what? This could be, he could be their route to goal again tonight. Mm. Um, but after that 20 minutes, it faded away. First goal for Charlton, nothing, nothing in response. So um, pretty lifeless. They're still missing the boy third degree, aren't they? Macaulay Bonds, yeah. Boy, yeah, just an outlet, isn't he? He's, he's mm. his pace, he's intense. He, um, you talk about maybe like the rest of the team lacking an identity. Wes Burns doesn't like. I think whatever football team you put Wes Burns in, he's gonna play. He's gonna play the same way, whether it comes off or not. There will be times where it doesn't. We've seen, we've seen games where it doesn't for him, but he he's direct, he's quick, um, and that's what he's gonna do for you. And they're missing. Mm. They are missing him. I think. Mm. Who was the player that dropped in the, uh, Sam, the
0: official print ratings?
1: Sam Morsey. He um, dropped
0: because he was a three, I think, in print. Yeah. And he dropped to a two, did he?
1: Yeah, um, some caveats in there and I don't think he was hugely worse than anybody else on the pitch, but that man's the captain of the team. Mm-hmm. Um that sort of Kylie Minogue vibe, um of of player ratings on the night where you want to see the captain leading from the front and really, really putting the foot down and um mm-hmm driving something into his team and driving his team forward. It, it just it just wasn't there. I was very, very disappointed in Morsi's performance on um on Tuesday night. You want you want so much more from your your captain in the really the really tough moments. Fair enough, you're gonna have bad games. You're gonna have games where you're not you're not on it, you're not on the ball, you're not you're giving away a passes. It's gonna happen. However, he seemed to lack kind of the basic drive and and will to 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 lead that team. And mm. um that was really that was really disappointing because they needed those players to stand up for them. John McGreal needed those players to stand up for him big time on, on on the night and it and it didn't it didn't happen. Mm. Worse is an interesting one isn't he because of all the players
0: that Cook brought to the club you'd say he is the Paul Cook player. Yeah. Brought in to be the captain, essentially thought he was coming here for a, a one a one season tour of League One, lead the team up and clearly it's not working out for him. So you do wonder where his head's at now. The manager he loves who brought him to the club's gone. The club are struggling in the middle of League One. Promotion looks increasingly a long shot this season. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting with Sam Morsey. Um, and hopefully he'll turn it around because he, he strikes me as a sort of character who is a combative kind of wanting to prove people wrong sort of guy. So fingers crossed we, we see better from him. Um after the game, Hutchie, I think it was you who spoke to Edmondson, wasn't it? After the game, um,
1: technically, no, actually. Um, nobody from our newspaper spoke to George Edmondson because oh, okay. he, arri- he arrived incredibly quickly. Uh, my, my mobile phone was within uh, about 12 inches of, of George Edmondson because I was still finishing off to the player ratings to hit the newspaper deadline. So I sat at the back with my laptop on and just left my phone running on the table while Fair Brennan enough. Woolley spoke to him. So so George Emerson did speak, but yeah. and I was and I was in the room, but um, sadly newspaper deadlines meant I I was not involved in the conversation. There you go, then people,
0: another peek behind the glass. There you it's go. Of the, of football there Jordan. you go. The reason I mention it is because he made mention of a, essentially a player lock-in after the game. Um, yep. Where they they exchanged some full and frank words of discussion amongst themselves. Can you tell any more about that? I mean, that is a good thing, I think. To see players doing stuff like that, taking it on themselves to say we've not been good enough, this isn't acceptable, mm. no matter what's happened. Um, thoughts?
1: Yeah, just it certainly sounds like <clears throat> John McGreal was just asking a few questions of the players about what, why, mm. where, where are you guys at? Why, why has this just happened? Um, and it's the players' responsibility to to kind of like I was saying with Sam Morsi, really, just just to stand up and show how good they are, because we know they're good football players. Mm. And their CVs, most of them all say they, they, they certainly shouldn't be in a mid-table League One football team, but that's exactly where they are. And as much as a new manager is needed to pull this all together and start town moving in the right direction again, um, the players are going to need to do that as well. Like, are these the right players to buy into a new manager? I hope so. Um, because that would be very expensive if they're not. But but in the short term, it's the players that needed to... John McGill had an hour with them on Monday morning before they got mm. on the bus to go to Charlton. The players needed to deliver something. I'm not saying they needed to win. It's... But obviously, that's what we wanted. But they needed to deliver something for him. They didn't do that. They've now got a really tough game at Wigan on on Saturday. Well, they need to deliver again, and they need to find something within themselves. I, I, it's not. I don't think it's fair and reasonable at this point to assume that John McGrill can all of a sudden in a couple. He'll still all out. I assume they were off yesterday, which means they'll have a training session today, Thursday. Travel on Friday, probably train again, maybe somewhere on the way. On, on Friday, if not train at Port at uh, Playford Road before travelling up. So he'll have two sessions with them again before Wigan um a big game. Mm. So it's there it's the players that have got to do this. The players have got to find something within themselves to to put to get this football club moving forward again before a new man comes in to really start the plan and, and get going on something new. But you just want so much more from the players, don't you? Because they've all accepted that they needed to do more mm. in it, uh, and that uh, they let their previous manager down. You've seen loads of them sort of either through interview or social media accept uh, uh, publicly that the players let Paul Cook down and they didn't deliver what was needed. And 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 that's got to come with from within. They, mm. You can't you, you can't be a professional football player, and as much as we look at managers and we want managers to build these players up and give them something. Uh, extra you want to give them that extra top them up that extra 10% just to make them something something more than they are but you can't be a professional footballer and not and not find that fire in yourself um, Mm. and desire so come on guys find something and I'm glad they spoke about it
0: yeah there you go come on guys find something it's that professional pride isn't it no matter what situation you're in as a professional football player you should be wanting to you know Give everything for the cause, sort of thing. Um and I think there are a few things that irritate fans more than hollow words. And we've had a lot of mm. those in Ipswich Town over the years. Yeah. Um players saying we'll give everything and then not really giving everything. Mm. Um I wouldn't so, put George yeah.
1: Edmondson in that boat, by the way. I I I I like George Edmondson a lot. Um mm. my great fear is that the way this season is going, that you, you you end up losing the mind of someone like like George Edmondson. Like mm. they've come from Rangers, big old club to Ipswich to be part of something that they they've been refused to be a part of. But don't go losing players like that. Don't lose their hearts. Don't lose their minds. He's he needs to be someone they build around for years and years. In my opinion, he could be. Mm. He could he could go through levels with Ipswich. Um, I just fear that. You lose, you lose him. You 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 waste a year of Bursas selina lo- loan. You waste a year of being able to have someone like Christian Walton in in goal for you. Yeah. And and um, you might you never know, you might even waste a year of macaulay Bon. Um, if if just but just so this this really important a really important appointment now just to, mm. just to get this thing moving, get this ship moving forward again and and um. And just find something positive because it, it was it was really quite a miserable, miserable evening on Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, Edmondson, you'd say someone who could potentially be captain material, Hutchie, perhaps. Um, he, he, it's someone I, he would be someone I'd be looking at if if um if that was, you know, if a fresh slate there. Mm. Mm. Um, Wigan this weekend,
0: then, Andy, this is a game that really worries me <laughs> because Wigan are. You know, flying high, flying. They've got a manager who had a a good relationship with Paul Cook, who I'm sure will be wanting to stick it to town even more this weekend now, mm. um, and prove them wrong for getting rid of his his mate. And it's a town side that are in disarray. So for me, everything on paper says another quite humbling experience for Ipswich Town. Am I wrong?
1: No, no. I'm uh I'm in the <clears throat> exact same I'm in the same place that you are right there. Um. It'll be a, a, a braver, braver person than I to sort of travel to this game expecting anything. Um, football has a way of surprising. You never know. You never know. Um, because the players are good enough to beat Wigan. Mm. That's it, that They are good enough to do it. Um, but it's going to be quite, quite the response will be required from from what we saw on Tuesday night. If they're going to be able to do that on this particular occasion. What can McGreal do to try and shake things up? Um your partner
0: in crime who's not around today, he's had a, a day off. I think he was pretty sleepy after Charlie <laughs> he told me he got into bed at 4am um, on Wednesday morning. He's written something about five players who could change or help change Towns' fortunes at Wigan, topped by a certain Mr Norwood, who he yep. spoke to, to, to Mark Ashton about on Monday. Um, should we talk a little bit about that and some things that McGrill could do, players that he could bring in, what would you like to see, that type yeah. of vibe? Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll be honest, I agree with a fair few of those. Um, Nor, Norwood's an interesting one. I, I asked Mark Ashton on, on Monday, quite just very straight, um, is John McGrill free to to pick James Norwood um, to play for, for Ipswich Town, should he wish? And the reply was 100% yes. So um, I think it's notable that he's kind of started to work his way back into Match action. He's been playing and scoring for the under twenty threes um, in the last in the last couple of weeks, um, and he is a striker, a player who, whenever he's on the pitch, sometimes too much, but he all he always comes with kind of some inner hype that he he's he's up for it, and I think he would be very up for this game. Um, just to get on the pitch for Ipswich Town again. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. Um we've obviously spoken in depth about about his situation and the, the club the club being unhappy with some things and the fact he's on the he's on the transfer list. But you know what? In a time of need, maybe he's someone to turn to. Idris El on that list interests me a lot. She's got him as second as the mm. of the players to, to potentially come into the side and I, I would back that one for the for energy. Energy reasons, um, he brings some energy to midfield, a bit of drive, a bit of no fear. Um, so I, he would be one I'd be looking at. But that's that would involve potentially dropping one of um, Morsi and and Evans against their their former club. Um, both put in performances on Tuesday night. That certainly doesn't make them immune from from mm. being dropped for being dropped. But to do that is a big call. Um, particularly with Morsi um, so that remains to be seen um, if Wes Burns could could reappear um, he's the one of, of all of them that could potentially re- reignite something so if he could reappear I'd, that that would um, that would give me a, a, a little shot of a, a booster jab of op, of, 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 optimi- of optimism um, but um, yeah but we don't know if he's available Selena as well potentially um, should he be available? We'll we'll find out a bit more about that today, hopefully.
0: Okay, Hutchie. So, um, I want your team. What are you doing? So, you, you, obviously, you're sticking um, with Walton, you're sticking with the fullbacks. Are you taking Toto out of the the frying pan for a bit after what happened?
1: You um, need to see where his head's at. Um, that's a that's an internal call. Um, footballing wise, I. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to rush towards Cameron Burgess. Um, mm. I would have Luke Wolfenden ahead of Burgess in a, in a pecking order for me. Um, so if if Toto's heads not completely there, which it may well not be after that on Tuesday night, that's that's tough for for Toto to take. I um, I can imagine that's something that isn't hugely easy to deal with and just process straight away. So it may be that um maybe go Wolfenden and, and Edmondson with I'd switch the two full backs around as well and go Janoy at right back and Vincent Young at left back. Um mm-hmm. I would I'd put Idris into I'm gonna I'm gonna line this up in a four two three one again by the way, just I know there's a lot of debate about about yeah. that, but I'm, that's just what we're gonna do right now. I'll go I'll go El and I will go with Sam Morsi again. Um in the real hope that you've got a real message to him over the last mm. few days uh, back at his former club. I'd pair those two. I'd hope that Wes Burns is available to play on the right. Um, I would hope that Bursan Salina is available to play at the 10 and I would put Connor Chaplin into the team as well. So I would, mm. if all things being well, I would um, change the entire three behind the behind the striker. Um, Tempted to go with Joe Piggott. Mm, That's interesting. This might be the day. Um, Not with any strength of feeling. I'm not desperate for Macaulay Bond to be dropped, but something fresh. Mm. Um, Or James Norwood.
0: Now, that would be a statement, wouldn't it? If, uh, yeah, I
1: can't see it. I can't see him jumping ahead of both of them. I can't no. I can't see that. I can see him being on the bench. Um and he absolutely, he absolutely is, as you say though, the sort of
0: character you'd want in this sort of game, isn't he? Um know, on the pitch, yeah. Yeah. In terms of baggage and, and background and stuff. But Towner in a kind of beggars can't be choosers sort of situation yeah. now. And if you've got a player who can bring that fire, which he you know, he definitely does the energy. Um yeah. That he does. I mean, you, you get the feeling that if Norwood played on Saturday, he'd either
1: score or get sent off,
0: That'd or the ping his
1: sort of... ha- or or ping his hamstring because he's, yeah. <laughs> he's given far too much. Something would happen. I don't think yeah. you'd get. A, I, I don't think you'd get a quiet ninety minutes out of James. Mm. Something would happen. I if he. I can't see him jumping ahead of Bon and Piggott mm. to start a game, but um, part of me thinks Joe Piggott might be that might be the way might be the way to go for this game. Interesting.
0: And you're starting there Chaplin on the left, are you ahead of Edwards? Is that
1: uh yeah. 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 Edwards and but not... him and Selina, I feel him and Selena are fair, fairly interchangeable. I'd probably actually start with Selena on the left and um and Chaplin as the Chaplin ten. And the 10, Chaplin as the ten. But they're fairly fairly interchangeable for me in those two in those two positions. But if if they're fit, that is with Chaplin and, and Burns. We don't know. Um maybe we might get some more answers from from john mcgreal on this one um just to know where those guys are um but we need to see something don't we even if town do not come away with
0: with a win or even a point then we need to see some sort of fight reaction yeah willingness to put it all on the line sort of thing don't we so yeah absolutely okay i'm not gonna ask you for a prediction because i think we both have a bad feeling about this one but um Let's let's hope yeah. we can predict some sort of reaction from town. Hutchie, um I haven't asked you about this in, in pre-production, so I don't know if you've got one, but million pound picks would normally be in play for this game.
1: Yeah, have you got, have you got anything? Um I don't want I don't want to bet you can't against, bet on town to lose against no. Ipswich. No. Um can I am I allowed to back a Wigan player to score a goal in this game?
0: Sure money mate.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to look up the odds. I'll be honest I haven't got anything prepared. I'm going to but I I think Will Keane is going to score for Wigan in this game because he is That would fit. He, he is playing I think he's enjoying It's fair to say he is enjoying himself at the moment. I'll just look up the odds for that. Uh I think Will Keane may may uh may find the net. He's playing as a bit of a number 10 withdrawn up um up top. Um mm. and yeah, I think he uh there's my million pound picks. Little file gone. I can't even remember how much is in the pot. I've got that that little care about my uh, my huge amount of money. Eight hundred grand is in there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, will keen to score any is two to one. So let's go fifty thousand pounds, hundred thousand, hundred thousand pounds, hundred thousand pounds. Returns three hundred. So. Uh, would put me back on the square million if he scores. Okay, so something That's... to look forward to there. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> right then, there's your million pound pick. Will King to score? Is he is he in scoring form? What do you say he's having fun? I don't really know the stats. Um,
1: really. He's scoring. He is scoring goals on a consistent basis. He, he's. Um, yeah, he, I'll just look up how many he's on for the season, but he's he is scoring goals and he's contributing. We know he's got that deft touch that can bring mm. others. He's got nine for the season so far. Wow! Okay. Um, so he's you know, it's pushing McCauley bond levels, isn't it? He's got, he's got, he hasn't scored in his last two, but has scored, scored three in the, the three league. What a goal each in the three league league games preceding that. And um, during that time, he's become a full international as well. He played, he's now a Republic of Ireland international. Yeah. Um, in, in the last couple of months. So he played against Cristiano Ronaldo for Ireland, I believe uh, yeah, in the last window, uh, international window. So yeah, he's in a good, he's in a good place.
0: Nice. Has he still got the ponytail?
1: Yeah. Little man bun, I believe. Yeah. I think he's, um, I think he's still rocking that. So good luck it's inevitable, to him. it's
0: inevitable, isn't it? That He's going to score on Saturday,
1: sadly. Um,
0: I think you're probably going to be reaping some cash there. I'm um, mm-hmm. just, uh, before we, before we head off today, in terms of the Wigan stats and, and lineups and stuff, Keep an eye out for Ross Hall's meet-the-opposition bit that he does every week. It's really good. He, he speaks to either a fan or a, a journalist who covers the opposing side. Talks about players to watch, how they're going to line up. The kind of story of the season so far. It's it's really good um, watching. So, keep an eye out for that. And, obviously, keep an eye out for the fan social, which will be out at some point tomorrow, Friday. and um, That's going to be a lively one, no doubt, after everything that's happened. Um, Hutchie, any other business before we take our leave and I do my usual rambling, shambolic outro? Um.
1: Other than just a note that as of about an hour ago, um Jack Ross is on the market, been sacked by Hibbs. We've talked about him before. Um, my gut reaction is that that might actually be something that Neil Lennon would maybe be drawn to a little bit more he's, than it he's, he's been, been there before. before. He, he yeah. has been there before, but he's also been at Celtic before. So he, I think he went yeah. Celtic Hibs, Celtic. Um back to back to Hibbs. But um yeah, he uh, he was one, wasn't he? He was the other one that made the final two before Paul Hurst got the job so um, yeah he actually started really really well at Hibbs. so I'll I'll be honest I don't follow their fortunes hugely closely but I know know they started incredibly well under him so things must have gone pretty uh, pretty bad things didn't really work out for those two did they Hurst or Ross no They did work out for the other men that, well, the other man that was interviewed that never really gets talked about is obviously Lampard was one and and Graham, uh, Graham Potter was the other Mm -hmm. who who, uh, of those four has certainly done, uh, done incredibly well for us, for himself.
0: (sighs) Familiar story. Right then friends. Um, Thanks for listening today. Uh, Do leave us a five star review on iTunes again, because it helps us um, get more listeners, get more people subscribing. Helps us visibility-wise in the charts. We've had three new ones, which is great since we last spoke. Um, So much appreciated. And if you do enjoy the show, do leave us a five-star review. That's great. Follow us across all the social medias on Kings of Anglia, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, And also remember to support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on everything on their website. Particularly useful, whether you're looking for yourself or Christmas gifts as we're coming up to the festive season. Probably in the festive season now, I think it's fair to say. Um, And there we go. There's another koa pod in the bag once again lots to talk about we've thrown some names around we've talked about the fallout from charlton and we've also talked with some trepidation about the trip to wigan hopefully we're wrong hopefully we do see something which brings back points from wigan this weekend time will tell enjoy your weekend whatever you're doing and i'll speak to you again next time from true crime to football
1: brexit to hopeful For more great podcasts from
0: Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archon.